Welcome to the Cooler Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Smiley. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're not so new, welcome back. And if I'm welcoming you back, please be sure to leave a review and hit us up on the social media pages and let me know what you think about the show. You can leave a review on Apple, leave follow us on Spotify, even hit up our Instagram. All of those options are valid. This podcast is the culmination of cool stories and the coolest people. And speaking of cool people and cool stories, today's episode, we're talking a little bit about bodybuilding, anime, and so much more. So this is another fitness-themed podcast. Talking about fitness, before we jump into the episode, I'd like to thank a few of our sponsors. Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to thank Cardinal Chiropractic and Sports Recovery. Dr. Andy over at Cardinal Chiropractic and Sports Recovery specializes in helping runners, crossfitters, and anyone else who loves a fitness lifestyle feel better, move better, and have more energy. As listeners of this podcast, you get a 15% off a dry needling package if you mention this podcast by name. So if you're in the Burlington area, if you're over in North Carolina, if you're on I-40, I want you to look up CardinalChiroSports.com, check them out, and if you can, walk on in there and you'll get a 15% off your dry needling package if you mention this podcast by name. If you're not in the area, I want you to check out his Instagram, his Facebook. It's at Cardinal Cairo Sports. Like I said, his website is CardinalChiroSports.com. There's a lot of solid information on there when it comes to prehab, rehab, and everything else. So again, 15% off if you walk in there on a dry needling package. Thank you, Cardinal Chiropractic and Sports Recovery. Second sponsor I'd like to introduce, Alamance Cafe Works. AKW is all about connecting coffee and people and connections through coffee offering coffees from all the major reproducing regions and making local connections akw wants you to enjoy coffee with other people speaking of their local connections calamance cafe works has collaborated with a lot of local nonprofits to raise funds and help with uh goodness gracious loon your train of thought uh jumping overhead what makes akw and their local coffee shop converge unique is that they do three things well roast their own coffee value creativity and creating amazing seasonal offerings while staying true to the coffee and building relationships with people and local businesses i'm super happy that we had alamance cafe works on the show a couple episodes ago so i think this is a solid solid point at making connections um, as an added bonus, listeners of this podcast receive 25% off their purchase at checkout when they use promo code COOLER, that is C-O-L-L-E-R, at their website, akwcoffee.com. Again, that is 25% off if you use promo code COOLER on their website, akwcoffee.com. You can't miss out, guys. They distribute and uh shipped internationally or throughout the u.s so you need to hit that up especially if you love some coffee thank you to both of our sponsors links to both of these are in the description and without further ado let's jump into it Welcome to Cooler Conversations. I'm your host, Tyler Smiley. Today's guest is based in Columbus, Ohio, a NASM certified personal trainer with his master's in public health and the owner of DottyFit, where he can help nerds like me, like you, like anyone else achieve their desired body goals. I decided to jump on and get Jordan Dotson on the show. This, like I just said, is Jordan Dotson. What's up, Jordan? Hey, Tyler. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, Funny because I was going through some old pictures the other day. Um, you don't look the same as you did in rec soccer. 
I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I was always, I mean, you remember me, um, even as kids, I was the um, stereotypical, you know, super skinny Ethiopian kind of kid. That's what everybody used to call me as Ethiopian, which is kind of messed up, but you know, it was all jokes. So how do you, I guess this is something I've, uh, I find interesting is it's always, uh, it's always the skinny kids like us that end up, uh, I'm not saying I'm swole or anything, but they end up like changing for the better. Like they have that, that glow up. How did you get to that swole AF glow up portion of your life where you're like, you know, fuck this. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going right. to, I'm going to make something bigger here. Yeah. Typically it's the people who kind of start from like the bottom. So like, um, a good example is when you uh, may see people who are super passionate about like, you know, let's say they're super, like religious now. Normally um, they started from like a time where they like, didn't know like, a lot of drugs and, um, you know, maybe, you know, they decided to change their life and going the religious route is the way to go. Um, it's very similar for me. Like I started from the bottom, um, didn't really have much muscle definition, didn't know what I was doing. Um, and, you know, I saw people, you know, working out. I thought that was cool. Anime, honestly, was one of the bigger um, reasons for it. I would see people like Vegeta um, and, you know, Yusuke Yumeshi, Yu Hakusho is my favorite anime. I would see, like, all these jacks anime people. Um, and I realized, you know, they got this aesthetic from somewhere. I had to think from some kind of, you know, real life um, example. So I was like, you know, if they can do it, why not me? And so I uh, started training and I started seeing results and here I am. Uh, that was honestly going to be one of my questions is because uh, I saw on your website that you're a huge anime fan and which animes kind of got you there. Do you have uh, do you have any like goals right now that you're kind of basing on uh, anime? Because anime, they just uh, they just looked awesome all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, that's a good question. Um, so uh, one of the aesthetics I'm chasing now, and this is, you know, way back, way, way, way back uh, before both of our times. Uh, Fist of the North Star, Kinshiro. Um, you may have heard those sound clips with like the, the whole Madara things, like Omarua, yeah, um, and Nani, and like that's it comes from that anime, um, which is pretty funny. But um, yeah, that dude is like, look up anybody who's uh, listening to this who, who loves anime. Look up Fist of the North Star. I promise you, it's one of the it's very old, like eighties and seventies, but like a lot of anime you love now, including Dragon Ball Z, derives a lot of their. Um, you know, style from this is no star and the main character can he's jacked. So, um, yeah. that's kind of, I find it, I find it, uh, interesting. Uh, this is kind of a, a small segue, but I'll bring it back into the fitness is anime itself, because I also love anime is it seems to be swaying certain individuals towards a path. Like, obviously, Dragon Ball, everyone should be just buff as hell and just wants to scream and shoot fireballs out of their hands. What I find interesting now is, like, this next generation of people who are watching anime or they just jumped into it. Like, if you look at Attack on Titan, a lot of people are joining. I've seen a lot of people get inspiration to do MMA because of how right. they're seeing Aaron fight or how they're seeing uh, the certain individuals fight against titans and against things so i find it very interesting that certain sports are finding flows through anime oh for sure like especially mma um you know one of my favorite uh, mma fighters right now israel Asanya. he loves naruto um mm. and he actually when he was fighting um uh crap lost it 
Um, he basically <laughs> did like he basically the, he basically did like the Rock Lee pose. Anderson Silva, how could I forget him? Um, he was fighting Anderson Silva, and he was kind of giving that uh, Rock Lee pose in one of the later rounds. But like you can tell, he even talks about it. he he loves Naruto. He wears Naruto stuff all the time, and you know I think his favorite character is Rock Lee. And um, it's it's crazy how mainstream is starting to become because you know back I want to say back in our times, I'm not kind of trying to sound like a hipster but i was kind of watching anime before people <laughs> there you people go it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like i tell people if you uh everyone who says they hate anime and you see them watching pokemon you're like uh you were an anime head <laughs> yeah uh, full circle it, that's how it is kind of um kind of jumping into uh the world of fitness with you being in Ohio, with it, you being in Columbus, the capital of bodybuilding, as it is with the Arnold Classic, is it a part of the general energy of Ohio? Because I know I feel like, because with me being from Ohio, it's kind of hit or miss. Like you kind of go to Columbus, and I feel like there's a lot of um, mainstream fitness, but then you go to like Washington Courthouse, and it's the complete opposite. So what what is the energy of where you're at? And is it easily accessible to get fits? Like, how, how is it there? Okay, so you're from Ohio, and listeners who, um, you know, may know Ohio, there's, like, basically five major places and everything else just straight up cornfield. Dayton, Ohio, which is kind of where I'm from and, you know, where I've known you. Cincinnati, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio happens to be the capital. Um, Cleveland, and I guess you can throw Toledo or Akron or anything in there. But, like, those are the five. Anything – that's in between there is just straight cornfield. Like my parents, they live um, in the Dayton area and I go and see them all the time. Um, I have to obviously go home. And so between Dayton and Columbus, which is about an hour away, is just straight up cornfield. Um, and so when you say accessible, um, yeah. Um, I mean, you have gyms like, you know, the YMCA or you have like fitnesses, uh, you know, around, but um, those major cities is kind of where you see more of the fit vibe. And it's not even like that pronounced i mean yeah columbus more so because the freaking arnold's here and you know people from all over the nation and all over the world actually come here and you know look at people like you know half thorpe jorson um that um the mountain from game of thrones um like two years ago he did he uh, set the the deadlift record and that was crazy everybody's going crazy for that um so you get that vibe it's kind of had some seasons like around this time when the arnold would happen obviously it's not due to uh you know covid but um that energy you get you can kind of sense that energy around ohio but other than that it's just those five major cities to be honest and i'm pretty sure you may you could probably attest to that as well it's absolutely i that's why i found interesting is uh, with ohio kind of having honestly those uh very it's almost uh hard to become fixed i imagine north carolina is kind of the same thing you you it's a lot of chain restaurants it's a lot of uh a lot of certain uh aspects where you it, it's it encourages a different a, uh, a non-active lifestyle what i find interesting is for you being in ohio and ohio the midwest is typically um typically not as healthy as you know the the, the edges of the country i'm just going off We're of, fat. For, I don't i'm not gonna say that i'm not <laughs> <laughs> i still family in ohio so i'm not minding my p's and q's but uh what i find interesting is you jumped to the other side and how how did you i'm doing the absolute thing where podcasters they just they just drag out the question how did you how did you get to a point where you weren't drawn into that void of uh being overweight being into uh not so not so motivated 
I think it was a little, I mean, cause for me, it was either stay the way I am, which I didn't kind of like the way I look, um, or, you know, find something to, you know, kind of improve and change it. And so besides, you know, my whole anime fetish and, um, there were other people, you know, even in my family who kind of, I saw would like work out like one of my cousins. Um, he's like one of my best friends who actually lives, you know, two miles away from me now, coincidentally. Um, but he, like, even at an early age, he was always kind of doing that, like, buying weighted vests and doing push-ups and doing, you know, these weird exercises. Um, and he was a wrestler, and so he was to play football, so he was kind of jacked. And, um, so, you know, finding that kind, of, that kind of inspiration and also kind of looking around at my family and saying, oh, a lot of these people are big and a lot of these people are having health problems. I really don't want to be this way when I'm, like, 40 or 50 because that's, like, the halfway point. Like I, I had a grasp on, um, you know, life and like how long you live kind of thing rather early just because I would see, you know, so many people around my family either pass away or develop these kind of issues and um, kind of doing a lot of, you know, research on that. I was like, I found out that, you know, having a healthy, sustainable diet and, you know, proper exercise can prevent um, a lot of these problems that we're having, especially in the black community, but um you know, I just, at that point, I was like, okay, well, I'm already trying to look like, you know, Vegeta. Um, so I might as well, you know, go all in and, you know, do the whole health side. But um, that's typically kind of how I started. Again, I started from, you know, one end of the spectrum. I wasn't like the kind of in-shape guy. I wasn't like a little chubby. I was skinny, like a stick. I graduated high school, six foot two at the time, six foot four now, six foot two at the time, like 135 pounds. So like, if you imagine Kevin Durant when he first joined the NBA, that was me. Like wow. not even. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's interesting. What I find uh, interesting too is how, I guess, how did you get to a point where you were consistently making the gains? Cause I know there's always the newbie gains, but Obviously, you it's you hit plateaus several times. Did you have points right. where you were like wanting to just like throw it all the way and just go back to what you were doing? Yeah, typically um, because when I first started, I didn't know anything, and so I would kind of go with people, um, you know, friends either like in high school friends before college, or like I would make some friends in college, and you know, we would go early in the morning. Like, just wake up at five o'clock in the morning, go to the gym. Um, yeah, like that's gonna, like that's gonna last long. Um, Typically, you know, most of them stopped. Um, they're just like, yeah, man, I, I did this when I was in football. I just don't want to do this anymore. Um, but I wasn't really, I never got that, you know, initial, you know, new games. And so when I started seeing results, I was like, oh, this is freaking awesome. Um, screw you guys. You don't want to go. I'm going to keep going. There you um, go. And it was just kind of like that, that addiction of um, there's a lot of things in life that you can't control. You can't control the weather. You can't control whether, like, your boss, uh, whether like, whether or not like your company um, can use you anymore kind of thing, but you can control, um, you know, if you're doing it smartly, um, how, like how you can like mold your body. It's kind of like sculpting. I, I know you've seen those um, pictures of like the fat person, they're sculpting themselves into being like this marble kind of thing. It's kind of like that. You can literally shape yourself into whatever you want. And it's one of the only things you can control. So like, I really latched on to it because it's something that I can do. Um, and then that spills over to other aspects in life, that discipline. Absolutely. You sell like, Have you read The Alchemist? 
I have not. That sounds like it's, you're kind of going off the same premise there. I think you should read it. I think you would enjoy it. It's kind of the song, the same lines of like you, you are your, you can create yourself into whatever you want. And if you have that mental fortitude, you can slowly mold and build and add what you want to yourself. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, this kind of leads into the other thing I noticed, uh, this, like I said, I was going through your website and, uh, what you said goes hand in hand with that Arnold quote that you have on the bottom of your, uh, main page. I'm going to read it, but I'm going to ask you about it. So like the Arnold quote was uh, strength does not come from winning your struggles, develop your strength. When you go through hardships and decide not to surrender, that is strength. How has your mental fortitude to build and sculpt your body now, how has that played into other aspects of your life? Have you built up other aspects of your life stronger because of your uh, solid base? Yeah, um, because this something like this, like a body transformation like this, it's, it's a lifestyle change. So when you're doing something like this, yeah, you're going to look better physically, but you're also going to feel better mentally. And then you kind of think about, well, this was kind of hard. What else can I do that's kind of challenging? That's one of the reasons why I'm not going to say like the only reason, but it was one of the reasons why I decided to pursue a master's in public health. Um, I don't like school and I don't know a lot of people who do like school. Um, but I was kind of on the mindset of, Hey, I know this master's public health is going to help me. Um, so, you know, why not do this? And if I can do something as hard and as crazy as, you know, starting from the bottom like Kevin Durant and then doing my first, you know, natural show, um, when I was like 22, I think I was like 22 when I did that. Um, there's literally nothing else. Um, there's, there's so many things I can do. So why not try, you know, doing this kind of stuff? Um, it just spills over. Like even waking up and, you know, saying, I don't feel like doing this particular thing today. But then you kind of look back and that discipline kind of kicks in saying, well, you don't feel like doing it, but you're going to do it because it's the thing you're supposed to do this thing that you should be doing. Um, it just, there's like this kind of, thing that like hits in the back of your head that says you know you can do this because you've done so many other things and not to mention the hardest thing of all which is building your body to what you want it to be absolutely how important is it for you uh to maintain solid i hate to use this term maintain like a solid tribe a good amount of people do you have that core group that you stay consistent around yeah, so um, there's like this Nas song I love, um, but like the hook is association breeds similarity, um, which is, you know, factual. Um, so the people you hang around um, is definitely going to kind of make up who you are. Typically, you know, five to ten people. Like if you want to know who someone is, look at five or ten of your friends and then just kind of pick each individual personality from those people and then combine them into one person. That's probably who you're kind of dealing with. And so the friends who I kind of hang out with mostly um, either, and they don't have to be um, into fitness as much as I am or even works out um, a lot, but having that amount of dedication in some aspect in their life, um, whether it's, you know, trying to be a doctor or it's trying to, um, you know, do better in, you know, sports or something like that. Um, seeing that level of dedication, you know, real recognizes real. So I can see, you know, how much that means to them. And so those are the kind of people that I typically um, keep in my inner circle. Not not saying that there are other people, you know, who I talk to and hang out with, but, you know, those kind of people are typically the people I kind of gravitate to. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's it's interesting. It's kind of like, and I'll, I'm going to spin back into like that video you posted. It, it is kind of like a social diet almost. Like you are what you eat, so it's, it's who you are going to be around. Is who you're going to become. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting if you kind of put things in that aspect of dieting as like fitness or whatnot. But let's uh, let's jump into some fun stuff because I know you've got a ton of knowledge about stuff, and I wanted to talk about kind of the first video and that I saw, and it was the eighty five fifteen rule. And there you are, happy as hell. You had a Burger King burger, and obviously, yeah. obviously, the rest of us are like, how the how the fuck is he eating that? Because you know the first the, the main thing everyone thinks about is like, oh, you can't eat junk food. So. What is the 85-15, 85 or 80-20 rule? Can you explain that to the audience? All right. So typically, um, some coaches say 80-20. Some people say 75-25. Um, um, but I typically say 85-15. And basically, it's the mindset of um, 85% or 80% or whatever um, percent of the foods that you eat, if you're trying to you know, lose weight or build muscle in a in an in a efficient way, is going to come through eating whole foods. So meaning your fruits, your vegetables, your whole grains, uh, protein sources, not just from animals, but also from dairy, um, but also from um, plants, animals, and dairy. And then dairy, which is the last thing, um, and it doesn't have to be animal or animal dairies. It could be, you know, almond stuff, um, oat milk, that kind of stuff. Um, but typically, 85% of your diet should come from these types of foods. Um, and then the other 15% can come from, you know, whatever, you know, because I'm not going to give up pizza. I, I tell my clients, like, if you want to have nachos on, you know, Tuesday, because it's not, it's, it's Taco Tuesday, you go right ahead and do it. Um, but maybe for the rest of the week b- before the weekends, you know, let's stay on track, stay on plan. Um, and you're going to still lose weight, especially if you are in a calorie deficit to lose weight or a calorie surplus to gain weight. Um, you're going to reach your health goals. Technically, if you really wanted to, you could, you know, eat McDonald's at a caloric, at a safe caloric deficit and still lose weight. But chances are you're not getting the right amount of nutrients. And so then there goes your hair, your skin, your nails, different parts of your organs. Um, that's why vitamins and minerals are so important. So hence the 85, 15, 85% from whole foods, um, nutrient dense foods, and the other 15% from calorically dense foods like pizza, nachos, um, candy, ice cream, all that kind of stuff. Because I'm not going to ever give up cherry ice cream is freaking delicious have you had it it's, it's amazing i was gonna say you you had me a pizza i was <laughs> this sounds this all sounds awesome. so do you prescribe to the calories in if it fits your macros ideology so um typically yeah so when it comes to ca- calculating a caloric maintenance you know there's a whole bunch of different variables and typically i'll ask my own clients these variables i'll give them like a google doc sheet that i created and then i'll plug it into my own excel sheet with the, with the right amount of formulas and i'll kind of give them you know their maintenance if they're trying to lose weight i calculate a certain amount of calories below their maintenance but above their bmr and we'll talk about that a little bit later um and then if they're trying to gain weight or gain muscle i you know calculate a certain amount of calories above that and then we get into the macronutrients so macronutrients meaning proteins fats and carbohydrates um, depending on what their goals are, uh, toning up, getting stronger, losing weight, doesn't matter if it's, you know, fat and muscle, just losing weight in general. Um, that's when I'll kind of fine tune those macronutrients into a suitable plan, um, based off of what their goals are. Okay. Cause it, it's, it's interesting. Like you have, you have so many of these fad diets and they explain, you know, 
it's even even on the calorie level. There's so many different equations that are out there to uh, to calculate your calories. I know there's like the the molars and molar mullen calculation. That's the one without height, and then you have the other ones where you have to add in your height. So I imagine right. I imagine like being a a health coach or being a, a personal trainer in all these aspects is hard because people have so much information coming into them at all times when they go on social media that they it's almost like they you're were tuned to have one of those yo-yo diets to to jump into a fad diet because it's like oh this is just instantly what i thought about today right yeah and i kind of call this like the shiny object effects like they're like certain types of companies or certain types of um you know coaches who may not be um may not have their client in their best interest they kind of have um these certain like Ooh, this is a new thing. Like try this. For some reason, I've been seeing this a lot. 1200 calories. Everybody's doing specifically 1200 calorie diets. Not, I don't know where that's coming from, but, um, these, you know, crash diets, 1200 calories and that kind of stuff. And, you know, you're supposed to lose this amount of weight in this, in this short amount of time or use this magic pill or use this, um, uh, waist trainer kind of thing. That's going to, you know, suck all the fat out kind of thing. Um, it's always what's new, what's the new shiny object, um, type of thing which is, you know, they keep coming out with new stuff. I mean, when you think about the ketogenic diet, that's something that's very, you know, popular nowadays, but it's basically just a revamp of the Atkins diet, which mm-hmm. is, again, a, you know, high-fat, low-carb thing. It's almost the same thing. A few tweaks here and there, but it's basically the same thing. It's just, you know, recycling something um, to the newer audience to kind of give them that fixed, shiny object instead of um, the whole boring, as long as you had a caloric deficit, you're going to lose weight. Like mm-hmm. no one wants to hear that, but it's the fact. It's true. Like that's typically the easiest way you're going to lose weight. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I run into this today. I even this week because I was I've been seeing so many people post. Uh, you know, oh, it's. I, I never heard the 1200 calorie. You can't even, that's not even your base, uh, metabolic rate. <laughs> I, don't, right. I don't understand how people are, are doing that. Um, how, and to, forgive me if this is like overstepping kind of like what people should go, maybe this is an introduction for people to go to you. How do you, how do you calculate your BMR? So your BMR, um, that's basal metabolic rate for those who don't um, know what that is. But basically, and I'll explain what it is first, but basically the basal metabolic rate is um, the amount of calories you need to just like exist to survive um, without having any kind of, you know, long-term repercussions. So I always give the example of, let's say you're driving on the highway and you get to a serious car crash and now you're in a coma for like three or four weeks. The amount of calories that the hospital is going to be feeding you is that BMR to kind of keep you as you are without, you know, getting too much kind of thing. That's the basal metabolic rate. And typically to find that, um, it's just, you know, simple variables like, you know, height, weight, sex, age, that's typically it. Um, and then to calculate um, what your core maintenance is, because that's just to exist. And then now we have other um, variables um, that goes into it because, once you wake up, once you're moving around, you're already above your BMR because again, you're in a coma and in a BMR pretty much you're just existing. Once you get up and start moving around, making breaths, all that kind of stuff, you're already past your BMR for caloric needs that you need. Um, so 
to find, you know, a proper core maintenance and then to find a deficit or a surplus, that's when other variables would kind of go into, um, which is kind of what I give my clients. I kind of ask them these variables, kind of plug them in in my own sheet, and then I give them out and say, all right, these are nine calories you're going to need, um, fats, carbs, and proteins if you're, you know, have specific um, goals when it comes to, like, toning up or gaining muscle, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so typically that is what's necessary for a BMR, but that, again, is just to exist, and then everything else is just um, the other variables are for after you get up out of bed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, the, I, the reason I had to ask about the BMR is I feel like a lot of people, especially the not the the ignorance in out there because i feel like a lot of people mix up bmr and bmi and they they it's like all these different words and all these different numbers and it's like oh i don't know what to do i'm going to chick-fil-a like <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's a lot of um you know terminology and that kind of and that kind of stuff um but yeah for those um if you don't take away anything um from this conversation just just take away that um if the if your BMR is if the calories you're taking in is lower than your BMR, number one, that's not safe. Number two, you're gonna lose weight initially, and then you're gonna put your body in like starvation mode. You're not gonna lose anything at all because um, that's what happens to your body. It, it kind of thinks, oh, um, this is the beginning of starvation, so now I gotta hold on to as much as possible. It's very similar to like when you don't drink enough water. What happens? You start to bloat. You start to retain water because this very important nutrient that's you know that is required by life. Your body's not getting enough of it. So your body's like, okay, I'm not getting enough of this water. I need to hold on to as much as possible. So that's why you start to blow. Once you start to drink a, enough water, your body's then like, okay, well, I'm starting to get this, you know, vital nutrient a lot more. Now I can let go of the water and then you stop bloating. It's very similar. Yes. And I, it's interesting you pointed out uh, the starvation mode because I've heard so many people reference it. I For like, a little bit about me, I work... Uh, work part-time at a vitamin shop just for kicks and giggles. And it's uh, the amount of people that come in and tell me about uh, them in starvation mode because they just fasted that day. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and they, they talk about how they're not losing weight because they, they just fasted that day and they're already at a starvation mode. But, you know, you look at them and they're 250 pounds on a good day. Like... <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's kind of typically what happens because like well, your body because like you're getting some calories when you have these super low calorie things, and so um, typically if you didn't have any calories, then you would start to dangerously lose weight because you have nothing to hold on to. But since you were getting some, your body's like, okay, I'm getting a little bit, but not enough, so now I need to hold on to as much as possible to like mm-hmm. survive. Do you have any uh, WTF moments when it comes to not even with your clients, with people who? just don't understand this and then they ask you questions aside from me who's you know asking these questions do you have any wtf moments for just the general public that you've heard it's always carbohydrates it's always carbohydrates make me fat i need to do this particular low fat or low carb diet um i don't i i I hate the myth that carbs make you fat it's my biggest pet peeve besides where did did that stem where did that stem? Because I don't understand it either. I, uh, for me as a swimmer, carbohydrates are my best friend. So I don't understand that. Yeah. Carbohydrates, especially, um, 
Your body's preferred natural source of energy is carbohydrates. No other fans or butts. That's what your body prefers to use as energy source. If it doesn't have enough carbohydrates, then it starts to, to use your fats and your body starts to go into what's called ketosis. Uh, case in point, ketogenic diet. Um, which, you know, is somewhat um, effective. But again, um, the problem with ketogenic diets is you have to sustain it. You have to maintain it for a long period of time because as soon as you stop taking the ketogenic diet and you start introduce, reintroducing these carbohydrates again, and it doesn't have to be like um, candy and pop all that kind of stuff. It could be something as simple as simple carbohydrate like fruits, which are super easily digestible. Your body is like, holy crap, this thing that I've been longing for for a long time is now available. Let me like take all of it in. And then you start to gain a whole bunch of water weight and then you start to, you know, get, you know, gain, you know, some of your weight back because you're kind of starving yourself. Well, not starving yourself, but like you're, this thing that your body really wants to use as energy, um, it's being reintroduced. And so now your body is like, well, freaking screw fat. I'm going to use carbs again. Um, and then it just kind of goes into overload and then it kind of, you know, gains a lot of that weight back. Mm-hmm. Um, but the notion of, you know, where carbs, um, are bad kind of thing. I think honestly, I've only started hearing it once ketogenic diet started to become more of a main time thing. So I guess the past like five or six years when ketogenic diet was popular, um, started coming out again is when carbs are bad for you started to become mainstream. What a, uh, what a funny concept kind of, uh, to tell the audience that carbs really isn't bad. What's your favorite, uh, go to for carbohydrates post-workout? Post-workout, it's either banana or pineapples. What? Um, again, Fruit or carbs? What? <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, that's, and that's another thing with ketogenic diets. And I'm not bad-mouthing anybody who does it. If you want to do it, that's fine. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Um, you, can de- you can definitely lose weight being on a ketogenic diet. What I'm saying is don't give up anything that you really like to do, um, which hence the 85-15 um, rule. But, um, yeah, like carbohydrate, especially me being a bodybuilder, um, muscle uses glycogen and glycogen is basically, um, carbohydrates and then it's factored in to add the sugar for your muscles. It could also happen to proteins, but that, that happens if you don't have any carbohydrates. Um, but, um, your muscles use this glycogen and when it's all depleted, um, I use simple carbs, like again, fast, um, digesting carbs like fruits. Um, to, you know, revamp all my carbohydrates to put more glycogen back in my muscles. So there's an actual science that I do, um, that I do and my clients do, um, if they, you know, care enough about it, um, to, you know, building efficient gains, mm-hmm. I should say. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very interesting uh, with all these fad diets. Kind of, I want to wheel back to the 85-15. So... Do you have, uh, is it 85, 15 in the day or do you do like a specific cheat meal? Cause I was talking to, I was talking to, um, another in, uh, individual on the podcast and she mentioned like really the 85, 15, if you think about it, like if you plan out through your year, all your holidays, all of like the cookouts at whatever, you're really only going to hit maybe 90 you're only going to hit like 10 percent of your diet 15 percent of your diet so do you spread it out over days or is it individual in your day like you top your day off with your cherry ice cream and so on you could do it that way um i typically just go by the week 
Um, whereas um, there's, let's say you eat three times a day, seven days a week, it's 21 meals. It's, so I normally would say like, okay, um, I'm going to have, I'm going to eat, you know, whole foods, uh, 19, 18-19% of the time in the other, or 18-19% times in the other, you know, three, four, five times is going to be kind of like a quote-unquote cheat meal. But again, I don't like to use words like cheap and junk, that kind of thing, because that kind of creates an unhealthy relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Um, because when people say, oh, man, I had a cheat meal, then they feel like um, they did something bad. They feel that it's, um, you know, going to... Um, take away from their goals, having one meal isn't going to you know, take it away. The accumulation of those meals is going to, you know, cause more harm. Um, but when it comes to just one meal, unless you're like getting ready for competition, um, which most people are, um, it ain't going to really do anything. Okay. Interesting. Well, let's, uh, let's jump to the competing. Um, are you still competing? Yeah. Um, I'll probably, I have no idea this year. Um, COVID's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, I did one last year. Um, and the reason why I did it is because a, it was in Columbus and B it was an NPC show. So I was like, ah, 20 minutes away. I'll just go ahead and just do this real quick. <laughs> well, let me, um, let me explain to my audience because they've been hearing oh, a lot about NPC. NPC is non, it's not the non-playable character. It's the other one. So could you explain what NPC is? Because a lot of people on this show have heard me and my brothers talk about NPCs as in like the video game people. <laughs> oh, sorry. I so, love video games too, by the way. So, <laughs> okay. But yeah, NPC is a federation um, of bodybuilding. Um, it's a non-tested federation um, typically. And it's the most popular um, amateur non-tested federation for um, competitors. And the reason why it's the most popular is because I know you and other people have probably heard of the term IFBB Pro. Yeah. Um, to become an IFBB Pro, you have to um, win overall in a national NPC show. And then you get your IFBB Pro pro card and then you can you know be a pro and start doing like the olympia and all that kind of stuff if you're good enough um and so what i do is um i still do live in nga um and there there's basically a whole bunch of like you know national gym association or national uh or national physique uh, committee that's what nbc and nga stand for there's like a whole bunch of other ones um but um typically i like to compete in um, the NPC and NGA. NGA is natural, so you, no steroids or anything. And then NPC is non-tested, as I said before. So you know you can't take steroids if you want to. Uh, most people do. Um, and nice. um, <laughs> I try to. And what I, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to become an IPD pro naturally, um, and just so I can kind of like poo-poo on the whole stereotype that you need to have. You know, take drugs to um, become a pro type of thing. And it, I've seen it happen multiple times one of my friends is actually getting very very close and he's natural so that's interesting it's uh so you're you're really about just breaking that stigma about bodybuilding yeah but i'm also about breaking the stigma of um enhancement drugs themselves i honestly don't have a problem with it um but you have to have some sort of reason to do it like if you're like trying to be like the world's best power lifter or like the olympic lifter or um, a bodybuilder that kind of thing and go right ahead. Um, as long as you do it in a safe way. Most mm-hmm. people don't. Um, there's a lot of different you know, information. Um, and you're not just taking one or taking multiple. So there's, there's a lot. And I don't know anything about it. So I'm not going to do it because I'm not going <laughs> to mess up my body. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Um, but you've probably seen people, you know, even in gyms where like maybe they've even kind of talked about it openly, but they don't look like anything. They aesthetically don't look pleasing at all. And, you know, all they have now is this and they're angry all the time. Yeah, I, I think of uh, Rich Piena. This <laughs> looks like a psychopath. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was interesting. <laughs> what was that? Was that uh, Generation Iron 2? I think it was 2. Was it 2? Yeah, it was 2. I was trying to remember. And then, um, yeah, there was another guy who was young, too. Like Dallas McCarver, I think is his name. Um, R.I.P. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, if you don't you know, know what you're doing, that could be the result. Um, and that's not good, so... I don't want to die. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your favorite experience that you've had with the competitions, whether it be prep up to or during the day? What's your favorite? I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's me become like a masochist um, in my um, competitive years, but like the suffering that I feel, especially the week before peak week, and I'll explain peak week is in a second. Um, it. It's so it's so grueling because you know getting out of bed sucks, walking around sucks. Like everything is just you feel cold because you have such a low body fat um, because you have to get that way to you know be presentable to the judges. Um, but like just suffering, and, but knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, it kind of pushes you. And again, this is where the whole discipline you know comes in full effect. If you can get through this, you can get through literally anything. And then there's peak week, which happens, um, which is basically you're finally feeding your muscles and your body again. You're starting to eat you know, those carbohydrates um, again. And, like, you start to beef up and you get to see yourself. Basically, like, this isn't my final form. And then when you finally start to eat these things, you're like, oh, I feel so amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so great. So, um that and also the people, um, because you see, and again, I'm, I'm just attracted to dedicated people like that. So you see everybody there, um, you know, whether it's a five foot six, you know, bodybuilder or like a six foot tall um, figure competitor, um, you see all the dedication everybody puts in to get to this one moment. And you just appreciate that. And backstage, like, they're, like, the friendliest people ever. Like, we talk a lot. We exchange numbers, social media. Um, you say, yo, like, what were you doing before um, this competition? Um, how was your peak week? We always want to know, like, how the peak week was. Like, what you're going to eat after this competition? Um, that's a big question. Um, it's just a fun thing um, just to see everybody's hard work pay off on stage when they're, like, doing their presentations or doing their – and routines it's just a good feeling absolutely it's interesting that's another i keep saying interesting but it's uh um very intriguing that you you're not uh you're not talking about how like the stereotype of like the bodybuilder community is super vain super into yourself and the way you're talking is it's it's very community-based it's very um it's very uplifting. It's very, you know, humbling to be around some of these people. Do you get that a lot with like some people, especially like if you leave Columbus, which is itself its own little area, do you get a lot of pushback? You're like, Oh, you're just one of those people. Yeah. So, um, typically, cause there's always, um, with like the expression, um, one bad apple rose bunch kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how, it may feel like where, you know, there's, I mean, there's, you always have your assholes. You always have the kind of person you like, 
they're super into themselves and um, will scoff at anybody who even looks like they're trying to better themselves. And like that's that's kind of the stigma that um, it may be a little bit pushed. Like we're full of ourselves. All we do is take pictures of ourselves all the time, which I do a lot um, because I, I like the way I look. Um, but I'll have to coach. But, um, you know, um, just this self-absorbed um, prick, I guess, is kind of the stigma um, that some, you know, some of us, and it just ruins the entire um I guess ruins the, the, um, the entire scope of, you know, who we are kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, so you have those and even those type of people, um, if they're like that with like everyday people, they're going to be like that with other competitors where you're just like, all right, he's just a dick. She's just a, you know, she's just a dick. So we're just going to um, leave him alone and just talk with everybody else. Typically most of the people that I've met, I'll say like maybe 80% of like the bodybuilders I've met um, are like generally nice people. Um, yeah. They're just like giant teddy bears. That's, <laughs> I'm going to remember that whenever, uh, if I ever get into a fight with one of them as a bouncer, I'm like, you're just a big teddy bear. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> because, and that's the thing, because I used to, I used to be a bouncer at, um, at a club in Bowling Green. I used to, um, you know, go to college there. And, you know, some people generally want to try the bigger people. Um, and I was actually one of the smallest people at, that club because a lot of them because um i actually also played rugby there and a lot of them were rugby players and so i was that was this was still me maybe like 170 pounds 160 pounds so i wasn't like as big as i am now but i was still kind of you know you could you could tell i worked out um yeah and so especially at clubs um you know there's always that drunk person who's like i'm gonna try you kind of thing and, um yeah so that happens and they think that they they see me around and they're like, Oh, he's just, you know, this is who he is kind of thing. Um, don't make me mad. I'm not like, a, I just don't like, I don't like to fight, but if I have to, I will. I, I'm completely, I completely understand that. Do you, uh, do you think your um, bodybuilding? Cause you said you played rugby. Do you think uh, your bodybuilding is going to transition into another sport? Do you see yourself uh, going to any other sport later on in life? Probably not. Um, semi-pro or anything like that. I'll probably maybe you know do some rec beach volleyball, or maybe I'll pick up rugby again, or you know soccer. It's um, the most pain and gain answer I've ever heard. I'm gonna play a volleyball, <laughs> dude. Volleyball is awesome, <laughs> and I just I kind of wish that um, my high school kind of had sports like volleyball and lacrosse. I would destroy lacrosse. I already know I would with my long limbs. I, terrorize people with my stick that's not really come down awesome. south man that's where we got it <laughs> you got uh have you played yeah i played in high school oh yeah i was i was a lax bro i had uh i had the hair coming out the helmet and everything off off there i'm gonna need to get some information on how to start playing lacrosse it's uh i'll yeah i'll tell you after the pod because it's uh it's easier than you think okay <laughs> Um, kind of going in back into competing, uh, do you, have you had any major setbacks while competing? Uh, you mentioned, uh, peak week and I instantly thought of, uh, what I saw today on Facebook, which was Josh Basler, who just had a terrible injury on his peak week. Have you had anything similar to that happen to you? No, um, there's no wood. I can't knock on it. 
Okay. Um, no, I haven't. Um, what happened to Bachelor um, was crazy. Um, that sucks. That like those are one of those freak things. Um, and I'll just give the abridged version of what happened to be honest. Basically, what he was doing is he was doing um, a um, inclined dumbbell press, um, and he's in peak week, so this is the week right before the competition. Um, so he would have stepped on stage on Saturday, and um, he ended up. Uh, I think he either popped the peck off the bone or he tore it. Um, and now he's having surgery on Saturday instead of competing. Um, and this is one of these things where um, you could have the best form. I mean, he wasn't doing anything wrong. You could have the best form. You could have, um, you know, you warm up properly. Sometimes some things are going to happen. It's kind of similar to basketball. Um, the, the dreaded Achilles injury, it just happens. It, we don't know why it just happens. Um there's always going to be risk. Even walking up the stairs, you could fall down and break your neck. Oh, that's that's kind of that's kind of gravity, but you could, um, and it's nobody's fault. Um, so it's one of those kind of things. I haven't, um, fortunately, I haven't had anything like that. The only you know downfall, I, downside I had to peak week um, before having all the carbs was I didn't do a workout because I fell asleep on the bed after a long day kind of thing that's like the biggest scare i've had i've never had any injuries like that thank god but you know it happens yeah major knock on wood there like you just said but um yeah it's it, I, I found it i found it super super saddening especially if you're um you're aiming for something super huge and uh, it just abruptly stops and I guess that that's that's the great thing about you know having the super supportive community, having the mental toughness of throughout the year is it it kind of it kind of preps you for when you stumble in the road and when you have those those uh, hiccups in life. So it's it's not maybe you come out stronger on the other end. Definitely, definitely, it's one of those um, humbling experiences I've heard multiple times through people who've had you know either similar injuries or um, you know minor setbacks. Um, like this um actually the year before one of my friends who was going to compete in the um arnold amateur to get his pro card he ended up getting violently ill it was probably covid because this was right when covid happened and then you know they canceled the arnold uh expo but you could still compete but he ended up getting you know violently ill um so that was kind of a setback but you know he told me um you know, maybe this was supposed to happen, and now I know what I must do to um, get to the gold kind of thing. So I know Baz, and you know him too. He is um, one of the most positive people you'll ever meet, one of the nicest people you ever meet. He definitely is looking at this like, man, it sucks really bad, but um, I'm going to go even harder than I was. Because he looked fantastic, but I guarantee, because um, every competitor skilled this way, I could have come a little bit harder. Um, so yeah. I know he thinks this way now. He's like, I, I, you know what? I could have come a little bit harder, and this isn't my final form yet. Absolutely, that's. It all comes back down to this uh, Dragon Ball thing. You guys keep phasing up. You got a new new form every single time. Yeah, absolutely, I'm getting the same kind of all over the place. <laughs> um, I got one more question, and I ask this for a lot of the people who are trainers. Um, Obviously, with COVID, everything happened, and people couldn't go to gyms, and now we're starting to get back into gyms. Um, so maybe this is twofold. If you could choose one piece of equipment with your expertise to work out for, I don't want to say the rest of your life, let's say for like the next three months, what would it be? 
a single piece of equipment. Um, if I could get like, give me like, because a barbell, I would need to like have like. You can have the weights with it. You can have the weights with okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so if I could have like a those, and it doesn't have to be rope fitness because they're the best, and it's crazy expensive. But like, if you've seen like the squat rack um, things from um, Rogue Fitness, um, it's basically a squat rack, but you could also lower and raise it to where you can do four bench presses. You could also do shorter press. They also have that hanging thing where you could do um, uh, chin-ups and pull-ups. Um, if you want to pick four exercises that you could only do for the rest of your life, squats, and you, could, and you have the bars, so you, you can already do deadlifts. Squats, deadlifts, uh, bench press, um, and then like chin-ups and pull-ups. If I could only use four, those would be the four. Um, and that, like, um, I guess it's equipment. Um, it has, you know, weights and it has, like, a rack kind of thing. But that rack thing is all you would pretty much ever need. I'm, I want to get one super bad. It is super expensive. Yeah, uh, I, I can't I can't really talk about much. My, uh, my parents bought one of those Rogue thing, and they have it in their garage. And uh, it's amazing. Those things are great. Yeah, those, yeah, if you want to, you know, put some serious mass on the big three, which is, um, squat bench, uh, deadlift, which is why when you see powerlifting meets, that's all they do. Um, squat bench deadlifts because it tests, you know, absolute strength. Um, but then you also have, um, power stuff like the Olympic lift things with this, with the snatching and all that kind of stuff. But I don't really like the jerky movements that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, those are the four exercises I would use in the pull up bar. I mean, it's already attached to it. So you can just, you know, do it on the rack. And if you want to, you can hang some weights um, below you um, to do some weighted pull-ups. But that right there is where I would get. That was uh, – I don't know how you defeated that question. I, most people are like, oh, I'll use a kettlebell. Uh, nah. <laughs> you went with the full <laughs> set from Roke. <laughs> yeah, no, that's – I mean, that or like maybe like a cable machine. But, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I, I'd rather have the Roke thing. That's awesome. Um, and I, we started with it and I now have to ask, uh, this is the closing. We're going to close it here. What, what's your favorite anime right now? What am I, what am I missing in anime? I just finished Dragon Slayer or not Dragon, Demon Slayer. You just finished it? Yeah. Oh, we're going to, they're going to start back up again. So. I know. I, that's how I roll. <laughs> yeah. They're, um, getting ready to do the, uh, the moving train, um, in theaters, um, or you could just watch it. That's what, that's what I'm looking but forward if, to. But if you want to watch it legally, do it, but don't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they're getting ready to do the movie train, and then they're going to probably uh, continue with the anime. Um, so right now, my favorite of all time is you, Hakusho, and it's down other fans are butts. Um, favorite, um, it's probably because I'm biased, because back when um, Toonami started at like 4 or 5 o'clock, it's Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, um, mm-hmm. you, Hakusho, Roroni Kenshin, um, even like Hamtaro, like, um, and Tenshi Muyo, like those were, you know, animes I always grew up with, but Yu Hakusho resonated with me so much because the story is absolutely incredible. Um, but my favorites that I'm watching right now might have to be AOC Attack on Titan. And that's just because they're, um, wrapping up, um, it's the final season and, Everything is turning completely left. I don't know if you're like caught up, but uh, everything you thought you knew about the first like three seasons, it like turns, and you're like, "Oh, okay." Um, 
that was that's interesting. And then like the characters that you kind of knew, you don't really know them, and um, it's getting very they're getting it's starting to pop off. But um, yeah, Attack on Titan is is up there. Demon Slayer is obviously up there. Um, My Hero Academia is great. Um, I don't know why it gets so much flack like it does. Um, you just named my top three anime right now that I'm watching, so we're okay. solid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. We got uh, My Hero in like two weeks. Oh my gosh, can't wait. Apparently, like, everybody, I don't read manga for those who are like, you have to read the manga. I don't do that. Um, don't tell me spoilers because I will get very upset. Absolutely. Um, anybody who does that. But um, I'm not like a full weeb. But, you know, I do like, I do prefer Japanese over English, but I will watch both. But, um, yeah, My Hero is going to come out. Um, Demon Slayer is going to come out. A lot of good stuff is going to come out. I cannot wait. Well, Jordan, this was an awesome conversation. Where can uh, people uh, find out more about you? Yeah. Um, so if you want to, you know, follow me on Instagram, uh, the Don Dottie, so just the and then Don Dottie, D O N D O T T Y. You can find me there. Uh, you can find me on my website, um, dottiefit.com. Uh, so, you know, Dottie, D O T T Y, fit, F I T, dot com. Or if you want to, you know, find me on Facebook, uh, just type in Jordan Dotson and, you know, keep searching until you find the tall, black, buff guy. <laughs> Well, all those links are going to be in the description, guys. Thank you again, Jordan, for being on. Oh, thank you for having me. Guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share with a friend. Subscribe and rate this podcast. And follow us on Apple. Follow us on App, on Spotify. You know the deal. Follow us on Instagram as well, at Cooler Conversations. And as always, this podcast is the culmination of cool stories and the coolest people. This is Cooler Conversations. Later. <laughs>